thank you very much for your talk. I just wonder, because I've been asking many monks and professors that what Buddha meant by uh, Nibbana is the extinguishing of the oil and wick. Oil and wick? Oh yeah. Is it referring to mind and matter? To what? Mind and matter. No, well, it could be. It could be used. It's a it's a poetry poetic metaphor, so it could be used for a number of things. But um, one could say the oil is the oil of uh, craving, you know, that which keeps the fire burning, feeds on craving, desire. The wick could be the accumulations of past karma, something that acts as a potential for craving to to uh, circulate around. Now you could say, also you could say it's the mind is the oil and the body is the wick or the materiality is the wick, the sense fields are the wick that is the sense fields naturally are something where, which attracts craving and feeds on craving so it, 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 these are various ways you can use that, that, met, that metaphor The main th- thing is to know how to do it <laughs> It's nice to have these these models, but then, you know how to, how to how to do that, how to bring that around, how to withdraw the oil first of all, to not add to it. And there's a choice. One one it's possible. It's a choice. This is actually. What we may not realize is that uh, uh, every moment we're either adding more or not. <laughs> you know, so if you don't keep adding more, it tends to dry up. goes with everything it's with all experience that we have as consciousness as energy associated with energetic changes and movements so these could be this sense of disease discomfort could be just that something in your energetic system isn't settled and there may be uh, a physical reason for that, or a psychological reason for that, or it could just be something that's to do with the energetic system. Mm. So the the emotions uh, and the body will always uh, signal. They give signals which are energetic. That's the way of speaking. So they may feel uncomfortable, diseased, 
when you just feel unsettled and not clear and not strong. It could be just, you know, take some medicine, you'll be better. Or it could be anything. It could be ghosts in your room. It could be a memory of something you didn't do that's still nagging in the back of your mind. But where all that comes down to, the signal itself is energetic. Um, Fences not quite settled, something wrong. So if we settle the energy, stabilize, it may be doing that, you can recognize, oh, I know what it is. Uh, you know, I, I have this memory, it comes clearer. That's why I don't feel settled. So the, the question is, um, how, how do we differentiate when we actually have right mindfulness and are aware of that happening versus um, we are aware, we already acted on it and we have like awareness of that, but that's, that's not right mindfulness. So how, how do we know that? How do we know when we actually haven't acted on it and versus we have acted on it? So they have to there's always a kind of pressure pressure habitual tendencies have a certain pressure to them the pressure could be obligation they want me to I have to uh, uh, you know my father wants me to so in that, that obligation and the pressure we often attribute the pressure to somebody else as they or or the, the community or my husband or my children or or even just it it must be done this way so that's never actually true you know it may be that other people do say I, I, would, I want this to happen I like this to happen but still eventually the only one who pushes the action button is here. <laughs> yeah. So, in habitual tendencies will, by, will often not give you the moment to choose and to know clearly you're taking responsibility for what you're doing. It's just, oh, well, it's supposed to be done this way, or everybody does this way, or it's Monday, we do it like this. I don't see any Monday. Where's the Monday? <laughs> you know, when you go into Chitta, there's no Monday. There's no people in there. Um, so the signals of time, place, other people, they, the signal have, touches here. That's the perception. And the perception... Yeah, they, her, it, ought to, I have to, even myself. I always do it like this. That's that's what I do. I'm like that. Who's that? That's a perception. So, by and large, the habit works in that a perception immediately causes uh, a reaction. The perception arises, we act. If, and the perception arises... He, them, the future, the past, the time, the number on the clock, the day of the week, uh, what I did yesterday, it arises and we act. And there's no pause between the two. There's no moment of checking. 
yeah, they say it's Monday. What, what's really happening now? Yeah, this is good or not good. So when there's uh, proper uh, attention, we have a pause, even just a barely, or at least an acknowledgement of the perception and then the action. They're not the same thing. Now in hab- habitual responses, as soon as the perception arises, the action is immediate. Yeah. I, a friend of mine trained as an airplane plane pilot and you go into a uh, control room you know so it, it simulates it's a flight simulator and you sit there with the control panel and then there's a signal the engine has broken down you see so then you what do you do and they say if you act immediately they don't give you the job the person they say you pause in these two or three seconds and then you act that's the correct way of procedure because if you act immediately the likelihood is you're not fully aware you haven't all your mental and psychological resources are not available at the moment they're available two seconds later but right now the first thing to do is pause check because maybe it's the wrong signal it may be that it's not nothing wrong with the engine it's just that the control panel is broken you know, or a number of things, but that's, they build in that training where you, you must pause, check things out, and also calm, don't panic, so that you act, okay? It's not going to make that much difference, so just pause, check, right, now what do we do? Yeah, so this is something, the perception is the signal, then there's a signal as an action. Now our training is to know the difference between the perception, that's the impression, and the action. And if we're not clear about that, then there's a loss of full awareness. The factor is uh, not so much mindfulness, but some pajanal, clear comprehension, full knowing. So if you have already acted, done something then remember that's the time when still how is this going what because it's always you're always uh, in a moving experience now how is this and um, you know perhaps it's time to pause now check now you can't go back to the past but if you're in an action then you still you know you, you still get aware of it and as soon as you're aware of it the quality of awareness itself and attention itself more atten- that automatically the more you give full attention to what you're doing then the quality of wisdom and careful attention is bound to grow and you can adjust it oh yeah Not be able to catch the perception and the mental action that we do. So most of the time, the mental action. So how, how do you? Uh, the, the the action is always mental. 
the only significant action is mental. Uh, sometimes we don't even see it because we've already acted upon it, but the only action, the source of calm is always mental, psychological. Um, so, yeah, how do you get to uh, see it? Hmm. Well, that's so the fundamental themes are restraint, sense restraint, uh, restraint of the indrias, which is not just the sight and sound, but also restraint of uh, indrias such as active, uh, effort, action, restrain it, uh, restrain the, the energies that rush into things, you learn to restrain them. Um, you might build in recollections such as daily recollection on death or even, even several times a day so if you're going to die in the next minute or the next hour or the next evening what are you doing now? you know because we have a background perception of oh I'm living in this city I go to work my house this is my friends my dog this all lives you know, as a background sense of that's where I am. And it's all just, it's a dream. You know, like you could go, yeah, I'm in Singapore, I'm going to work, and then suddenly, bang, you have a stroke. Where are you now? <laughs> where are you now? Yeah, it just go, it can go like that. This, and you know, so our, our minds have the capacity to form a virtual reality of time, tomorrow, five years, and space. There's a house over there, I'm going to work over there, there's a, uh, you know, somewhere, somewhere to look over there. That's all real, and I'm moving around in that. That's a virtual reality. Just like those, you know, you can do these virtual reality things where you put something on, you look into a the screen and you're in there and then they pull the power where's it gone <laughs> yeah, yeah. so our minds have the capacity to do that and we live in a perceptual world of people who are not of people who are not here and uh, possibilities that may happen and visual phenomena so again you know the constant recollection or you're coming back to and this can be something you do regularly what's really here Now, does that mean make any sense? What is it that perceives? Where do these impressions land of time and space and self and other? Where do they land? Who is experiencing them? So it's just this pulling back, back, back. That's a perception. A perception. Where does all this occur? What is conscious of this? Once you do that, there's this, this quality of here, this is a perception, and you feel the pull. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. Uh, a little another exercise you can do is a meditative exercise. You sit for five minutes, ten minutes, and just widen your visual field till you can see everything, say, between your outstretched hands. So you can just be aware of this hand and that hand. And you keep focusing without looking at them, so you're widening your visual field to, to that wide. So you can just see that it's most important to get those two hands at the periphery 
And so you do that, and then what's in front begins to fade, becomes less clear. You know, and that all that is, that is the visual field, it's all that. It's this big. And when I hold it as it actually is, the visual field, all the items within it become very dreamlike. Yeah? Yeah. Now in order to make those solid, I have to focus down on her bag or his arm or your face and but that's very much an action that does that. Now if we go to that, that's true, and all that which can generate action becomes quiet. It's not generating action. Hmm? So action is born of two qualities attention which sharpens the focus and contact which that strikes me and then action now if you have a very wide field attention is not doing that is not focusing contact very subdued uh, and yet you're still here but the world has not exactly disappeared but become very um, vague uh, and you can just doing that and if you do that with your eyes more difficult but definitely more fruitful is to do it with your mind widen your mind and there's uh, thoughts impressions emotions feelings sensations coming in just Sustain awareness of all of it without any action. Sustain awareness of all of it without any action. As soon as you feel the action, you can feel it as a kind of grip. Yeah. Oh, I've got to remember, I've got to do that. Let go. Just give yourself, set the alarm, five minutes, that's all, just five minutes. Oh, I just remember, I've got to uh, stop. The alarm hasn't gone. I've got this pain in my leg, stop. The alarm hasn't gone. I better write that down. Stop. The alarm hasn't gone. <laughs> and you can feel all these perceptions keep running in. Things you've got to do, things you've forgotten to do, things you need to do, things but and stop. You're all right. You've just given yourself five minutes. That's all. And you feel this pulling. And you see the problem is not the perceptions in themselves, the pull the way the mind automatically grabbed and then action immediately and what we want to do is to make the action more clearly chosen rather than blindly thrown into for this we have to acknowledge this uh, sense of you know needing to uh, close the door that's a perception now this remembering I should phone my cousin that's a perception now and say well I can you know I'm not going to not that I'm never going to do it but for five minutes I won't do anything you try doing that five minutes it's not that much and you really see the perceptual thing keeps coming back because the jitta isn't is doesn't see anything doesn't hear anything doesn't taste anything it only has perception 
which are these virtual realities, these uh, felt impressions, these signals. That's all it experiences, just the signals. And there's no substance to them at all. There's no substance to them. (laughs) They're just signals. They're just like an electric shock. You jump on. But they've got nothing in them. Now, as long as you act upon them, they do have something in them. What they have in them is your energy. (laughs) You just gave them reality. You... It's called leaking, asava. Your precious energy runs out into this compulsive action. You feed the actions with your energy, with your life force. You're feeding your compulsions with your own life. (laughs) You're feeding compulsions that drag you down and you're doing it with your own life force. It's like you're putting a lot of effort into building your own prison. You know, if you look at it very stark terms, and it's not saying anything other than just stop doing it. Uh, it's not saying uh, make yourself miserable. Uh, it just means don't keep doing things you're not even aware you're doing. If you want to do it, pause, check, skillful, unskilled, how do I feel about that? Is this my duty, my responsibility, something I feel, yeah, this is what I want to be with? Go ahead. But if it's just that, oh, I suppose to, I've got to, it's time to, I must, I ought to, I never, stop. <laughs> you know, because this is this uncertain, careless action. Heedfulness is the path to death. And it, it, often our heedfulness is not grossly immoral. Or it's, if it was gross, we wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's often not gross at all. It's just subtle, subtle, casual fairly innocuous but we're not clear about it uh, so if it was easy if it was crude we'd see it yeah it's like dust you know like if you uh, if you stay in this room over a period of time it will gradually get dirtier dust will accumulate but you won't notice it if somebody came and threw mud on the wall you'd notice it but if it's just a fine film of dust, you don't notice it. It builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up, and after a year, it's really dirty. And you think, how did that happen? It didn't happen in an hour. It gradually built up. That's like the, the heart. It's not, that, it's not that bad, but gradually through inattention, these films, this dust starts layering over it. And so you let that happen, and like two or three years, that's become solid. <laughs> and it's just started as fine dust. And after two or three years, it's become solid wall. And you didn't see it. So it's very, very helpful just to remember that simple pausing check and do deliberate exercises that hold you back while the perceptions, the mental mental information starts running and you say, this is just the mind this is the body, this is here, this is happening to it it's a very simple uh, reference point
question, which is almost the opposite. What if, um, how do you deal with procrastination? <laughs> Let me think Russian. about that. <laughs> I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> procrastination through overcomplicating, yeah, yeah. resisting certain duties because of not necessarily emotional, but maybe well, whole range of uh, well, uh, there are various. Uh, I know someone who's who, who you know, who, he, he realizes a procrastinator when he does things that are exceptionally refined, high standard. When he does something, it's it's really good. But the problem is, he has a certain anxiety about action. It's got to be absolutely right before he can do it. So he's always. Well, maybe then, no, 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 I don't know, it could be, maybe. Where other people just go, well, I'll fumble around, you know, and see how it goes. And I can do that, I can kind of fumble around and guess at it. But uh, some people can't. They just feel very unsettled of things that are kind of guesswork and a bit foggy. And so that means that we search for a very clear very collected, very precise strategy, then we'll act. And those aren't always available. So then one sort of dithers in this maybe, maybe not, and it's very uncomfortable. So that can be there. I guess it's like a, a kind of lack of confidence in a way, a lack of confidence in being. And just bear in mind, you know, being is, is absolutely true, doing is always guesswork. And guesswork means it might not work. How is that for you? Uh, well, maybe uh, in tomorrow I could you know, feel better about it. Um, so that that could be a cause for procrastination. Yeah. Mm. It could also be that there are um, something important that one should do one is not aware of. So we can't get going on what we think we're supposed to be doing and we don't realize there's something else that we should be addressing. That the the jitta cannot act because it's still something else is unsettled. Could be doubt, for example, or or, um, regret, you know, things that we're not even aware of, perhaps fully aware of, but the jitta doesn't feel assured enough to act. There can be a sense, uh, particularly as we we tend to act in a a world of other people. I know uh, this can be the case whereby, well, will he like it, will they like it, will he be okay, how will this affect them, will I be alright, well then that becomes a problem because you never know. And for sure, as far as I can recognize, anything you do somebody won't like it. And probably something somebody will, and probably some other people won't even notice. <laughs> but the, the idea that everyone's going to think, "Oh, great," then no, it's not going to happen. But one can again have that that sense of, well, I'm not certain what the results will be for you know how this will go down with other people. One's uncertain about that. So really, uh, with uh, procrastination, you're going to come back to um, just really exploring 
where you are in your own heart and uh, maybe right now it's not the right time to act because you think you're not really that interested uh, but then if it is a time to feel well then you might say what so what's called the <coughs> four bases for um, full awareness are purpose one has a sense of this is there's a purpose here um, one recognizes a sense of uh, non-delusion I'm acting with the mind of goodwill or clarity or at least the way that I will develop more patience or more skill there's a sense of um, non-delusion clarity and whatever I would do it will be in some ways it won't be complete so these two uh, and uh, awareness uh, full awareness of the um, um, meaning, uh, appropriate quality and also full awareness of staying in touch or gochara means resort means I'm in touch with my body, my mind my attitudes uh, so that I'm not half doing things half I do things fully what I do I do fully and so you, you then really recognizing the most important thing it's not exactly what you do it's how you do it and if how you do it means well I can stand up and take a breath clearly okay that was okay <laughs> and then I can um, sit down and wait and bring the topic up into my mind what I feel I should be doing comes into my mind I can acknowledge a sense of agitation around that I can put it down I can bring it up I can try to stay clear about that and notice my intentions and begin to clarify what's meaningful what's important now and then is, are you really there with it and do you have can you bring your energies up to that if you can't bring your energy up to it if you can't activate upon that what what actually is the problem what's holding you back somebody else could do it don't know if it's right feel a bit awkward don't not certain whether I'll be able to do it right lack of confidence uh, you know, just, well, those have to be dealt with in the heart not in the action Yeah, certainly in, in our training we often get given tasks to do that we're not certain about doing and uh, they say, you know, uh, I remember asking one of the senior monks well how, how senior should you be before you become before you take on being an abbot when are you ready he says you're never ready nobody's ever ready <laughs> you just 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 do it, make all the mistakes and keep going, you know. <laughs> so there's nothing it's, Yeah, so I, I was you know, I had to take on that uh, when I was five five years uh, after five years and then going to teach retreat. I didn't know what I was doing. So you just sit and <laughs> okay, well, 
you know, and let relax the the nervousness. You know, feel a sense of goodwill for other other people. Goodwill, relax the nervousness. Just feel a sense of goodwill. Recognize people experience stress and suffering. You experience stress and suffering, and out of friendliness, start talking about how you deal with it. And there, you, there you go. <laughs> you start right here. Bring up the mind of goodwill. Get a sense of uh, you know other people are worth sharing with. Just let it go and see what comes up. And the idea it's going to be perfect or what everybody wants is just uh, fantasy. Just do it. Yeah. We were talking about uh, practicing qigong on the way here. Is it safe for uh, children? To oh yeah, yeah. He likes Star Wars, and I told him that qi is like you know the force. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. It is a force. You could save the universe for that. (laughs) (laughs) Your children can do it. Okay, I think that's probably it for today, yeah?